Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is Kyle Malden. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. What's going on, Kyle? <coughs> a little choked up. Holy cow. Oh my god, I had a meeting today, and I had a sip of water, and I almost threw up oh, because no. I choked on the water. Dang. I had flashbacks of the last time I choked on water and threw yeah, up. Yeah, you were in a van. Mm. I was, I was in a van with a lot of other people, <laughs> and I had this flashback. Anyway, it almost happened today, and like, I like felt what I had for lunch, and I was like, oh my god. You I'm felt a, it come up. I'm about to Ugh. throw up in this meeting. Ugh, I hate that. Um, I didn't. That's good. And that is probably the biggest thing that I did today. Damn. Very big day for me. <laughs> Huge day for you. Um, man. Well, January is finally <laughs> over, everybody. I know that's cliche, but I think everyone thought January just took forever. Uh, felt longer than usual. Felt longer than usual, yeah. I know we talked about it last time. The first, like, three-ish months, like, two, three months of a new year usually, at least I feel like, go by... Typically, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like January was that was not the case this year. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, well, I'm, I remember well, being in school. Being in school is so different from being in the real world. Mm-hmm. Being in school, you felt like you started school winter or a spring semester, and then next thing you know, you're at spring break. That's true. Um, but yeah. R.I.P. Spring Break. R.I.P. Spring Break. Mm. Damn. Look at times. <laughs> um, what's new? Anything? Um, well, my grandparents came. Oh, they did, yes. Uh, and they were here, and they were always a, a pleasure. Always good. Uh, we talked to Oliver on the podcast. Full of stories. Yeah, yeah almost we a, did. I think probably a year ago, maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah. About, um, About his, uh, his journey. Yeah, to Venezuela. Venezuela to America. Yeah, we, uh... Anything new with you? Well, actually, that made me think of, um... That made me think of some. We, um... I know you were out, uh... Doing a little Valentine's Day celebration last night. Mm. Having a good old... Good old steak meal. I was. Um, uh, bourbon steak in Nashville. I would recommend it. It's in the JW Marriott? It is. Okay. Bourbon steak in the JW Marriott. Sure. Not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. <laughs> not an ad. Not an ad. Just... A good good meal, um, very good meal. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to do that. I'll just put it on the list. It's insane. Yeah, um, but while you were out, um, I watched a movie with your grandparents. Um, it was a it was a British movie um, about uh, it was I think it was like in eighteen nineteen or somewhere around there. Um, it was called the it was I think it was called Peterloo, but it was about. Uh, workers in Manchester like striking and like not rebelling but like mm-hmm. they were peacefully protesting but the peaceful protest turned into people getting killed huh. yeah wow you um, don't say yeah yeah I know right um yeah like the police at that time they had a name for them I can't remember off the top of my head but yeah and then the military came in and yeah people just like were getting run over by horses and like stabbed and whatnot, and it was a it was a big disaster, but yeah, I'd never heard of it. What, and what was the what was the plot? Where the workers just trying to get more? Yeah, so um, you know, sh- probably general rights for sure. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were being paid shit, and they were working in those textile factories that 
were the very beginning of the Industrial Revolution, and yeah, the workers were basically uh, wanting to be paid more, and um, you know, the, the American Revolution happened, and the French Revolution happened, and it's the early 1800s, and the British, the people in Britain are like, yo, like, these guys are, the Americans are doing this, the French did this, like, we need to, we need to fix something, and so... Yeah, there were a bunch of thought leaders at the time, um, uh, I guess locally in Manchester, um, and then a couple in London um, that were just explaining to people like like this autocratic um, monarchy rule mm -hmm. like is not representing us. And I guess at the time, Manchester didn't have representation in London, oh. which I found very strange. Seemed to be a big problem for England. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Improper and, uh, representation. <laughs> what is it? No taxation without representation. There you go. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they were using phrases like, give me liberty or give me death. Mm -hmm. Like, that That was a big, that was like one of the key ideas of the American Revolution. And so, um, yeah, and then so a bunch of groups, they, they like organized this mass... Um, this mass protest and um, a bunch of people came and then you had like the separation of the classes you had like the gotcha. the, the magistrates who were like sending people to jail for petty crimes or killing them hanging them and mm -hmm. then you had like the um, they even showed um, I can't remember the monarch at the time but they showed him and like um, his group of like close advisors and yeah so, anyway, it was good. It was really, it was long. It was like two hours. Oh, well. Lots of, um... Was it a, a British film? It was, yeah. It? Lots of really good monologues. Like, really solid monologues. Um, so if you're into British, uh, cinema and all that, uh, I think it was on Amazon, so... Peterloo. I was gonna say, it's, it's funny, I was gonna ask you what it's on, and instead of, like, for our generation saying, like, oh, what, what... We don't say what what channel is it on. Yeah, it's like what streaming service. Just what's it on? Cord yeah. cutters. <laughs> Cord cutters. Because really, you do. You have like you know Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Yeah. Disney Plus. Those are the big ones. I mean, yeah, but I just I just think it's interesting. Yeah. That our generation is uh what like what's it on? I know my parents are thinking about getting rid of cable. Wow. I'm surprised they still have it, honestly. Um. Yeah. I mean, I am and I'm, I'm not. Like, I know they watch HBO a lot. HBO, great. Yeah. Greatest. Um, HBO, another one. Yeah, true, true. HBO Go. So many good shows. Um, oh, and I saw Parasite. Oh, you uh, did? Yeah, I saw Parasite. And it... I didn't see the other films, but just judging by Parasite, incredible film, and it probably deserved to win. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just, it was wild. Wild movie. Were there a lot of twists and turns or just like a really good There was just drama? one, well there were, there were little twists and turns at the beginning because this, um, this, so this poor family meets this rich family in South Korea and they like, um, I guess without giving too much of May, they basically like weasel their way into, the poor family weasels their way into working for the rich family. Mm -hmm. And then there's one giant twist that kind of sets everything off. And then... It's like a murder. 
Uh, no, oh. but murder does happen. Ooh. Yes. Wow. People do die. Is it a, is it a, I take it a, a drama? It's like a drama, it's, but there's also like comedic elements too. It's like a dark comedic drama. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yeah. 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 Cause until the big twist happened, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to end. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess that's what makes a good film. I was, I was going to say. On the edge of your seat. Yeah. Keeps you on your, uh, <laughs> keeps you guessing. Keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I do want to see 1917. Yeah, my brother saw the movie. It looks um, really good. Said it was awesome. Yeah. He said it was. It's all shot in like one. It looks like in one mm-hmm. like cut. I think you were telling me that. Um. I haven't. I've been really bad. I haven't seen a movie in like over a year. I know. I think. Going to the theaters is so fun. I love doing it. I do too. I enjoy it. It's just. It's a tad expensive. I will say that. But if you're gonna see a really good movie, it's worth it. Going to the theaters is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm try- yeah, I'm trying to think of the last movie I saw in theaters. But, um... There's something about going to the movies that it's all- it's almost like a, a nostalgia. It is, thing. yeah. I feel like I'm... What's well, just... I don't know. It is, it is nostalgic, because I think... Well, I mean, movies have been... All movies theaters have always been big. But oh. I think our parents' generation is like the first big movie theater generation. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and like... It's Star Wars. Star, yeah, dude, Star Wars, um, Star Trek. Like, yeah. I mean, I get that, like, Citizen Kane is like a, a uh, big movie. Yeah, huge. I don't know how much of like a blockbuster <laughs> it was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it may have been, I don't know, but... I've seen it. With... Have you really? Yeah, it's really good. With, um... I guess where we've progressed in movies and just like general technology, I feel like there's obviously a um, I guess really our, our the human our human relationship with with media yeah here in America, you know people said the TV would fail because it uh we wouldn't have time for it. Have, <laughs> now that's all we have time have, for. Wouldn't have time for television. Well, no, I mean. Not us specifically, but a lot of people. It's a distraction. And I, I think there's definitely a shift where people are like, oh, the movies like was like, only like rich people could go to the movies and that was mm-hmm. like a really like nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, now you go for fun. Yeah, it's true. There's also so many movies, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy how many movies Hollywood pumps out. Mm-hmm. We were looking at Nick Cage movies the other night, and that dude does like four movies a year. Four. Does he it's still? It's crazy. Yeah, Elliot was looking it up, and it's nuts how many movies that guy does. We, um, speaking of Rob, we played a game with one of our friends where we'd pick an actor and try to name as many movies as we could with them in it, and our most popular ones were like, like Nick Cage, um... Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. like Denzel Washington, and we looked it up after, and then you realize like how many movies these you know these people are actually in. Oh yeah. In twenty eighteen, Nicolas Cage was in eight movies. <laughs> Damn. That's wild. Dude, he is. He's still. He's. He's in everything. 
Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, his life is movies. Wow, he was in Fast Times at Richmond High. That's his, his first it, movie. His first credited yeah. film. Elliot asked me what was his first. He asked me like, "What do you know what his first movie is?" I was like, "No." And they said Fast Times at Richmond High. I was like, "That makes total sense." Wow. That is crazy. I mean, some of these are just are just like voice. Wow, Nick Cage was uh, Peter Parker in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I don't <laughs> What? That movie, Spider-Man. It, what it was year a, was that? Uh, 2018, I think. Really? December 2018, the animated Spider-Man. The animated Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the Dang. Into the Spider-Verse. And Nick Cage is, uh, <laughs> was Peter Parker. Parker. Wow, what a role. Damn. Yeah, shout out Nick Cage. He, he grinds. He grinds hard. He does, yeah. What? Yeah. He gets it done. There's already a credit on here for Nick Cage for 2021. <laughs> Pre production. It's all in development. In development. There you go. That's funny. In development. That is, that is wild. Um, you know what's even more wild than doing eight movies in a year? What's that? Spending 328 days in space. Mm. Great transition. Great transition there. <laughs> um, yeah, I've read this article. So a woman spent 328 days in space at the International Space Station. Her name is Christine Koch. Koch? Koch. Koch. It, it's it's K O C H, yeah. um, which is the longest ever uh, space flight uh, for a woman, uh, lasting thirty nine uh, days longer than the previous record holder, uh, Peggy Whitson. I think we've mentioned Peggy on the podcast. We, we, do, we definitely yeah. have because I recognize that name. I was like, yeah. oh, um, I. It says that she will miss the the microgravity in the. Uh, article she is quoted basically saying she's gonna miss just like being able to to bop around to float. <laughs> yeah i can understand that i mean you obviously would get used to that just effortlessly floating you know when you lay in bed and it's like time to get up and you're just like how am i ever gonna leave this bed yeah if you have been in space for 328 days in microgravity. I know. And it's time to, like, walk again. I imagine that is a massive tax. Yeah, I was wondering that because it said she landed in... Because she came down on a Russian spacecraft. I, and it said I think she landed in Kazakhstan or something like that. And I was curious as to... Um... As to, did they have, like, a wheelchair for her? Because I don't... I, I would be surprised if she could just walk. I imagine they do some atrophy. Yeah, I mean, they have resi- to. Even if it's, like, resistant bands or for something. Sure. But, like, you you definitely still lose. Yeah, I mean, that is true. They I've seen videos of astronauts working out in space, but... Because, um, I mean, they're dude, all fit. You can't be out, you can't be no, out of shape and go up no, there. No, no, no. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is just a short summary uh-huh, yeah. that I found the other week, so I'm sure there's more out there, but 
I just, I just, I mean, that's a huge, that's an insane achievement. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine. Because it's I not like, imagine. it's also not like it was like a, just an, an extra week. She was up there like a whole month and some change longer than, longer than Peggy. I mean, yeah, she was up there for almost 11 months. Yeah. If you had to go to the moon for, or be in space for 11 months, what is the month that you would want to come back on? My birthday. So April. April, yeah. Mm. Also, I do love spring. Yeah. I know you do. Also, coming down in like, coming down on like Christmas, I think would be pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) Have you run into Santa? Who knows? I, yeah. I'd want to come down in like July. That'd be pretty badass. If you, if Maybe I was August. able if I was able to come down and land in America or like off the coast, I know sometimes they land in the waters and like mm. the Coast Guard or the Navy gets them. Come and come and get come and get me. Yeah, hey, yeah, I landed. <laughs> if you didn't see, I just <laughs> fell from <laughs> space. Um but I was gonna say I would like to come down on like July fourth, like mm-hmm. that evening. I think that'd be pretty badass. I'd want it to be warm. I imagine space is pretty chilly. Oh, yeah. I know it's regulated and, like, temperatures or whatever. Inside, yeah. I bet they get cold. No, no, I'm sure they do. Yeah. My other thing was... I don't... I don't know... Obviously, because I've never come down from space. For sure. But I think the only thing scarier than getting blasted into space would maybe re-entering, <laughs> re-entering the atmosphere and just, I mean, I, I don't know, I'd have to look it up, but I imagine you are going so fast. Oh, dude, yeah, and I'm pretty sure, like, the, uh, the space capsule has, like, reflectors on it that reflect, uh the heat because you're coming down and going through the layers of atmosphere so fast oh my it God. heats up the outside of the spaceship oh I've seen, uh-huh, yeah. you see it it looks like it's like sparking it's, right? like it's, it's sparking, on fire yeah yeah um that is that's nuts that is insane i know it's crazy so anyway we could talk about space i feel like for <laughs> multiple episodes i i'd never thought about that that the coming back down yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, it says she landed in snowy Kazakhstan, so. I know you wouldn't, that's probably not your ideal. You'd probably want to, like, land off the coast of, like, San Diego. I would say landing in a snowy Kazakhstan <laughs> is is a bottom place for me. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do a snowy Kazakhstan. I'd do, like, a snowy, like, Switzerland. Very cool. Switzerland. Yeah, maybe, like, Austrian Alps. I could do that. Yeah. Kazakhstan is a place that... I just I just don't have a lot of interest. In. Pretty barren, from what I hear. <laughs> it's be- yeah, especially this time of year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially this time of year. Um, so yeah, big achievement from uh, from Christine. So props props to her. Um, okay, bringing it back down to earth. Um, the uh, did so, Kyle. Did you hear about the? Uh, I know when your grandparents here, we were talking about the Iowa primary. And what a disaster it was. The Democratic... uh, The caucus. Yes. 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 uh, Good word. Good vocab. Thank you. Um, So, 
I found it interesting, um, and this Futurism article uh, gives us some detail. I found it interesting that um, the app... So do you, did you hear your grandparents talking about this? A little bit. A little bit of the app. They, they, I, I, I don't know the background. Yeah. Um, but take it away. Yeah. Well, I'm so the the Iowa Democratic uh, Party chose this company called Shadow Inc. to develop their app. Um. Turns out that. The Shadow Inc. was started by veterans of Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. So I did, I did see that. Yeah. And it also had received payments from Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. They like $40,000 yeah. from Mayor Pete. Yep. And according to the New York Times, the Iowa Democratic Party instructed those who knew about Shadow's involvement in the app development to keep it a secret from election officials. I mean, yeah, because that, I mean, that you couldn't, that, like, literally the most clear conflict of interest. Oh, for sure. 100%. And, um. If you, if you did that, it would have to be funded obviously from a third party you oh yeah you couldn't have someone in the race that helped pay for development <laughs> of of the app of the app counting votes being in the actual election mm. it like just saying that out loud like it it just makes you shake your head it really does yeah like at the most basic level it's just like man maybe that's not right <laughs> It's wild. Just follow the money, people. That's very clear conflict yeah. of interest. Yeah. And what is wild too is that when they were having issues, um, Pete, what's his last name? Buttigieg. Buttigieg said that he won. On Twitter, I saw that uh-huh. he he said that he declared victory in <laughs> in Iowa. Before when they're having like issues still, yeah. and I was like, dude, what the hell is going on? <sighs> What's crazy to me also is that this went on for multiple days. It wasn't like, oh, we had a coding issue. Like, oh yeah, we went was, and fixed it. It no. was like a whole weekend. Oh my god, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, the app was recording data accurately, but it was re- only reporting partial data. And they determined that this was due to a coding issue in the reporting system. So. Fun stuff. I wonder how... wonder where all that donation money went. I wonder how <laughs> difficult that is. Like... To make an app like that? To make an error like that. Like, if, if, if that is... I mean, I've done stuff in Excel and, like, missed a cell or whatever. And I'm sure it's obviously more complicated than that. But is that, like, missing just, like, a line of code? Or did you, like... Do you yeah. really have to screw it up? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, so at the end of the article, it says um, Christopher C. Krebs, the director of Homeland Security's Department, um, Homeland Security Department's Cybersecurity Agency, added that the agency had it, had not vetted or evaluated the app prior to its Iowa caucus. Which I don't understand how that even happens that an app is used that has not been vetted by a government agency. Well, because I think it's. 
I think it's up to the the, the party. No, well, yeah, I think you you're right. I mean? I, like, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't. I just it's just baffling to me how. I, th- I think it just goes to show you how um, uncredible. Yeah. The political parties are. <laughs> yeah, that that is where I was going with that. Is how just un. Um, I don't I don't know what to say. Like it's not it's not like they don't have the resources. They they just it they just didn't do it because they didn't want to. Is yeah, you know is the, is the main reason. Yeah, yeah. Like they could have developed the app in time and gone through the proper channels, but I'm sure someone was just like, no, let's just let's just do it. Like we're getting this app developed by an official company. Like they'll do it right, and then they didn't, and. <laughs> Here we are. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Didn't do it right. Oh, the quote, the, dude, the quote here. The app didn't work. Things didn't work out right. I've been trying to call for several hours to report my results. I can't get through the phone. It's a phone number and I can't get through. The number is constantly busy. <laughs> yeah. That was a that. quote from the Des Moines County Domestic or uh, Democratic Party co-chair. Mm. tough tough quote tough time out there in Iowa man man um well to get even stranger um I don't know I I don't watch the mainstream news a lot but I also didn't see anything on Twitter or anything about about this um this next story we're gonna chat about um which I guess I guess I'm not surprised by again. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying it wasn't out there. I could have missed it, but um, this concerns Jeff Bezos and the Saudi crown prince. So, where, where do you receive most of your news? Most of my news, <coughs> like mm. what, what media channels? I'd probably say a lot I get from podcasts. Um, a lot of Insta stuff, honestly. Mm. I'm more of an Insta than Twitter. Um, but Twitter every now and then. My, my mom sends me a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason, she loves Twitter. I don't know why, but she's always sending me news articles. So that, and um, I'd say I get most of our weird stories off of Twitter. Uh-huh. Or just or it, it leads me to something, and then yeah, I yeah. click on a couple things, and I'm I found a, yeah. I, I was just curious because you said we obviously don't, you at least you and I don't watch a lot of mainstream news. Yeah. Um, I would say our our news sources are pretty diverse. Yeah. I so would agree. to not hear this next story that we're gonna talk about, I. Obviously, there's so much news and everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't you can't catch everything, but like, I feel like this is kind of a big deal. This is pretty. This is pretty big deal. Yeah, <laughs> concerning two giant figures in today's world. Um, so some of you may know the Saudi crown pin, uh, the Saudi crown prince. Um, his full name is. Mohammed bin Salman. 
So the article refers to him as MBS because Mohammed bin Salman's kind of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. So it concerns um, MBS and uh, Jeff Bezos. So according to Bezos, well, there's there's a little bit of background. Um, <laughs> From from some not so credible news sources, so in January of 2019, the National Enquirer published text messages and intimate photos sent between Jeff Bezos and his mistress, who happened to be a former news anchor Lauren Sanchez. Um, the same day, Bezos and his then wife Mackenzie announced their separation. So, Bezos hired some forensic experts, and they dug through his phone to figure out how the data was leaked, and a couple months later, uh, an investigator that was on that team wrote in an essay for the Daily Beast that, sorry, wrote for, wrote an essay in the Daily, in the Daily Beast, um, that happens to be the... Oh, I'm sorry, I fucked that up. One of the investigators wrote in an essay for the Daily Beast that the National Enquirer's parent company, which is called American Media, tried to position Sanchez's brother, Michael Sanchez, as a source of that data. But that actually wasn't what happened. So... Experts, uh, sorry, investigators and experts concluded that the Saudis had hacked Bezos' phone and gained access to his private information. Yes, Kyle? Um, Yes, I have a question. Why would the Saudis be interested in Jeff Bezos' phone? That's a great question. (laughs) That is a great question. Um, So what... um, what this investigator did not share in the Daily Beast was how the Saudis got into his phone in the first place, which is vital. Um, so, reporting by The Guardian said that it was none other than Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudi crown, pin, the Saudi crown prince who personally set the hack in motion by sending Bezos a... Basically, infected file. Mm-hmm. So, some anonymous sources told the newspaper that Bezos' phone, that the hack took place in May of 2018. So, that, that initial leak of text messages came January 2019. Right. So, they say the hack started in May 2018. So, Bezos and MBS met at a dinner. They got to talking, exchanged, apparently, information. MBS sent Bezos a, a, a text with some malware or spyware or whatever, yeah, whatever where they had is. access to Bezos' phone. Yeah, and then, um, then basically, uh, so he sent that via WhatsApp, which, if you don't know what that is, it's one of the most popular, like, internet text messaging. I'd say it is the most popular messaging app in the world. Yeah, that's probably accurate. So, um, 
Yeah, he sent him a video, and within uh, within hours, the data was extracted from Bezos's phone. Um, and an interesting connection here that they that they make in the article um, was that so Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, and um, if some of our listeners follow the news, they will know that uh, there was a Saudi journalist named Jamal Khashoggi, and he worked for the Washington Post that Bezos owned, mm-hmm. um, and he was brutally killed and dismembered inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey in October of 2018. So, um, you could speculate, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does say from the Guardian that UN... Experts are calling for an investigation into the hack in relation to Khashoggi's murder and the potential that it could have been part of a wider effort to influence the American media. So, kind of a saga. Mm-hmm. What, um... Definitely a saga. Yeah, definitely a saga. Uh, what was your, Kyle, what was your question? Why did MBS want access to Bezos's phone. Mm. What was the motivation for doing? Yeah, what was the motivation? Well, I'm thinking maybe they were looking for something, but they didn't find it. So mm-hmm. they just took something and then cuz maybe they wanted publicity, maybe they wanted the world to know that they were able to hack into the richest man in the United States showing off. Just showing off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were looking for some connection, uh, some information between uh, Bezos and Khashoggi. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess Khashoggi was um, very critical of the Saudi leadership. Gotcha. And I believe he was living in America at the time um, of his murder. Well, he was obviously overseas in Istanbul, mm-hmm. but... Visiting. Yeah. Um, so... It's, um... No one's safe. No. Your information is not safe, people. This, uh... In the, in the article, it says, Saudi Arabia later sentenced five people to death for murder, claiming it was a rogue operation, but the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency concluded that MBS personally ordered the assassination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you get if you if you have a some dirt on the richest person in the United States and I mean in the world. Yeah, one of the yeah. He might be I don't know. I haven't looked at it always fluctuates. Um yeah, whatever the stock market's doing. <laughs> True. Um wouldn't hurt. No. Would not hurt. So yeah, anyway. Um, Jeff it, Bezos is the richest person in the world. In the world. So anyway, again, it's crazy that um, 
that we didn't hear more about this. But I guess, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there is. There's a lot going on. And uh, this isn't really a, uh, a clickbait type of story. Mm-hmm. This is a little more complicated. Um, pretty in-depth. Yeah, like it spans multiple years, um, multiple individuals, some, some unidentified, po- yeah, some anonymous sources. Uh, so motivations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, it's complicated. Um, but yeah, it's um. We live in a world where um, there's just, like, so many variables these days. Like, obviously, life's complicated, but you add technology into it, and it's just, like, it makes it even more complicated. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, people keep so much shit on their phones. Technology allows you, like, your phone allows you to have a life outside of the the present world. The you know what I mean? World, it's, yeah. it's a whole separate um, reality. Yeah. I don't know, but also part of me is like, that's the best they could take off of his phone. And he, he did end up getting divorced and losing like a lot of money. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he did. Um, so like, that was kind of a big deal. But that... But the text messages and intimate photos, it says, were published the same day that they announced their separation. That's why I'm kind of skeptical. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe they only had access to his text messages? I mean, still pretty embarrassing. Oh, yeah, definitely embarrassing, for sure. Still pretty embarrassing. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos' divorce settlement um, was... $38 billion. Oh, yeah. I think she is like in the top 10 richest women in the world just purely because of that settlement. There's something crazy like that. Very cool. Yeah, so. But, I mean, she was with him when he built Amazon, so. Yeah. I yeah. mean. I feel like she definitely deserves something. Yeah. I imagine just... those are some, uh, some stressful times. Yeah. Also, he probably wasn't around a lot. No, no. I don't know. Not that it matters, but I don't know if they had any kids together. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Crazy. But needless to say, they're both doing well. They are <laughs> financially um, independent. Independent, exactly. <laughs> they could do well. Bezos just bought a, like, a $165 million mm-hmm. mansion it's in like L.A. like quarter billion dollars. Yeah. That guy's a robot. You think so? <laughs> I'm not ruling it He's out. He's just like a super advanced AI. I'm not ruling it out. Hey. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I think, I think we'll end there. Sweet. Um... Well, I will say this. We have had, I have had some strange experiences with talking about stuff and then it ending up in my Instagram ads. So. Oh my God. Just Speaking a, of Instagram ads, yeah. I got a 
Is it pronounced bourgeois? How's it spelled? Bidet? Nope. Oh. Uh. <laughs> boudoir? Boudoir. So it's it's like underwear pictures. Oh, That wow. you're supposed to take for your... A boudoir, a boudoir session is a photography session where you wear sexy outfits, lingerie dresses, or you can go scantily glad to get your photograph taken, and then you give Shit. them to your significant other. Ah. Um... I anyway I had, an, had I had an Instagram ad for that and I was like wow what what, what, what am I <laughs> I was like That's what it was like do you want to give this to your significant other I imagine that was more of a uh, geolocation I'm sure it was than anything yeah. I have done personally <laughs> but I just was, a general scope I was scrolling through Instagram and there was a picture of a girl like mm-hmm. I just like in her underwear and I was just like this is nobody that I know and so I was sponsored and like read the comments like oh do you want to this session for your significant other like and I was like dude what is what is going on I'm just saying in today's world if you're paying for pics like fans only fans only a lot of people are doing it I guess probably now more than ever I just don't I don't understand why you're paying for anything that has to do with nudity these days just doesn't make sense. There's no reason. It's uh, not financially responsible. No, not at all. Go like go take a trip or have a nice dinner. <laughs> Although, go to Bourbon Steak. Go to Bourbon Steak. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs out there. That's true. A lot of people. Uh, Were you gonna say something? Paying rent. You said although. Can't remember. That's okay. Cool. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a wrap, everyone. We. Uh, we're glad Feb- uh, we're glad January's over, yeah. and um, uh, keep your phone safe. Um, oh yeah, I know. Don't get hacked. About, I know we've talked about this. You you've said it's happened to you a lot, where you like, oh, it's say happened something like and then six or seven times. We were talking about that skiing place in yeah. Um, your girlfriend was talking about Taos, New Mexico. Oh, that's right. When we were sitting at the dinner table last week. And I got on my phone, like, after I laid down in bed just to scroll for a few minutes. Instagram. First sponsored ad, Taos, New Mexico. I just, honestly, I've just accepted it at this point. It is what it is. Maybe, uh, I know there are some phone. well, maybe, also, maybe one day I won't have social media. But. We can only I, hope we'd be so lucky. Yeah, in the near future, I don't see that happening. But maybe one day when I'm grown and don't have kids, I will eliminate social media. One thing that bothers me is when I get in the car in the morning, and if I have my location services on, yeah, um, my maps will pop up, mm-hmm. and it will suggest that I drive to work. And then <laughs> the same thing happens. It's like, oh, like drive home? And I was like... Oh, yeah, that's where yes, I'm going. I'm not going anywhere else. But, like, yeah. I don't need you to tell me, like, because it, it knows, like, where you spend your hours. It you does. know what I mean? Like, it knows yeah, that it's 5 o'clock and that I am going, that I spend, you know, significant time at this one location enough to recognize it as mm-hmm. home and this as a, you know, work that I'm there from 8 to 5. Exactly. And I was like, man, I don't like that at all. No, I don't. I don't either. I mean, dude, knows where you work, knows where you sleep. Yeah, pretty much. And I go to the grocery store. Those are like the three 
activities my free, most that I do regularly. Things. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Um, I was like, yikes. So anyway, yeah, well, I've accepted it at this point. This time in my life, it's just, it's just it's what it is. But we'll move to the mountains one day. Yeah, we'll move. We'll move and be financially independent and technology technologically independent. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> Big words. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. And you can catch us on Twitter at World We Live Pod. Um, email us at worldwelivinpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. Email us. We do have an email. Worldwelivinpodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can find us on all podcast apps. Um... If not, let us know. I'm pretty sure we're on most of them. Uh, Apple Podcasts is always the go-to. And, uh, and, yeah. Rate and review if you feel so inclined. And we will see you next time. Stay Thanks weird. for listening. Stay weird.